Yes. This week's parasha is Parashas Kisaitse. Very good. And uh, Parashas Kisaitse, everyone, it's famous that it starts off with uh, three concepts in a row, three separate parashas, talking about uh, the, your fast toyar and, and having children from different wives, and then Ben Sarumara, and Kalmar tells us that it's a progression. If you take your fast toyar, don't worry about this. You take a fast tire, and it's gonna—you'll have a child who, who's not good. You'll have different children with different wives, and children, children who end up being a ben seremer. But those are the first three parshias, and that's where Rashi talks about the smichas. But the next two parshias are which are two concepts, two little issue, issues, in, in which are discussed in the parsha. Is one, it says if a person gets killed, um, and then the the rule is after the person is killed and you hang him on the tree. And then um, he gets killed for, for a, a capital offense, and he gets killed. Not if a person just gets killed uh, because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But uh, then the rule is, do not leave his, literally, he's a carcass, don't leave his body on the tree, because that's who hanged him on trees, the post. Rather, you should bury him on that same day. He killed us all like Kim because it's a bazillion for Hashem. And Loisatami is not muscular, that would cause Toma into the land. Fine. That's that one parasha. We'll talk about that more in, in a moment. And the next parasha talks about the rule of returning somebody's lost object. If someone has an a animal that he loses and you see it, you're obligated not to ignore it, rather to take it in and try to return it to the person who lost him. That's 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 the the next parsha. Like our Etna checks. Like our Etna checks. Well, unlike the Etna checks, I would say, the uh, which were not returned, right? But yes, but well, well, well placed. So, what's the connection between those two parshas, right? If we if the first three parshas in a row already, the Chazal have set that aside for us, uh, connected them together. What why are they in that order? So I feel like we have a license to discuss why the next two also are in order. I'm not going to put all three with the two. That's too complicated. But, but uh, maybe you can. But I want to say what the connection of these two is. So let's go back to this rule of not having a person's body stay overnight. It's not only if a person gets killed. So it's interesting that generally in Judaism they try to... Today people do delay funerals. There are various reasons why they can be delayed. But the delay of a funeral in in halachic Judaism can only be if it's in for the honor of the deceased himself. Otherwise, it's considered a considered uh, belittling of the dead person not to bury him or her right away. That's the that's we find Jewish funerals tend to be very quick. Yeah, Orthodox Jewish funerals tend to be right away, right? But for this reason, because you, we don't wait, you don't keep the person without being buried. That's what that's what we learn from this. This uh, this parsha says lo don't leave the nevela. Even it says the pasuk says Allah eats, but if you look in Rishonim, it's saying not only Allah eats, even in the ground you can't leave them. Rather, you have to bury them right away because it's because it's a bizarre. The question is why is this rule taught us by someone who gets killed for being ostensibly if you get killed for capital offense, you weren't such a great guy. And rather, we're learning over here. Simply, you'd say, oh, he means even someone who gets killed for a capital offense, who you would think is the the least. Uh, significant person, because there is even that body. Okay, that's a simple answer to the question. But why is that rule taught to us over here? And again, what's the connection to the next parsha? So if you look back in 
Parshas Chayisara, which is way back, which are actually coming up pretty soon. Uh, there it talks about the story of when Sarah uh, Imenu passed away. Avram's wife, Abraham's wife, died. And he had to arrange for her burial. And there it says that he went to meet with the Bnei Ches, which are the people who lived, the Chitites that lived in the area. And he said, he want, please introduce me to Ephron Ben Sarah. He owned this piece of land, and which today is known as the you know, the, 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 it's called the cave of the patriarchs, right? Where, where, where they're buried. It was a cave with a field. He said, I want to buy this. He's using it as a field. I want to use it for, as, a, as a burial ground. But the words which he said were, If you want that I should be able to bury my, my, my deceased uh, wife, you'll allow me to meet with this guy and try to negotiate a price. Which it, it gives off, the, it indicates if you're not going to let me meet with him, I'm not going to be able to bury my wife. That's just a simple reading of, reading of the words. And in fact, the Ramban, over there on that Pasuk, he says, either you're going to let me meet him and let me buy this cave, or I'll just keep her in a box. That's what he says. And until, until I find an appropriate place. The question is, um, the Chaychemda asks, so Mayor Domplatsky asks, what do you mean? You learn this Parsha, Pasuk says over here that you're not allowed to leave a person unburied. In fact, the Ramban says in Taras Adam that that applies to burying someone in a box. You can't bury someone in a box. You have to bury them in the ground. Maybe in a mausoleum it is really attached to the ground. It's a ground, but, 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 but it can't be in a box. So it, I'm not talking about putting a box into the ground. That's a separate question. I'm just, but you've got to bury the person in the ground. So how could, he, how could he suggest that he would leave her buried in a box? So he says... Amir Plutsky was a rabbi in a Polish town called Avija. I don't know if you heard of it. I knew someone from Avija, actually. Rabbi Siegel was from Avija. So he, anyway, so he, um, so he, um, he says there's two reasons, a lack of concept, why we bury a person. One is the Medrash says, because the Pasuk says in St. Beratius, that a person was created from the ground. That's what Genesis is what it says. So therefore, if we don't return, uh, if a person would die, and we wouldn't return that piece of earth, which it remains in him, after he dies to the ground, conduct the past success, you offer atta, your earth, your dirt, will offer tasha, you return to the earth. It's like a stolen piece of earth. So you have to return the person to the ground. That's one reason. So there's this Shemedrish. Another reason is um, because this, the Taishiyat brings us in, in Abbas, that it's, it's the neshama, the soul, is pained by the fact that the body is just left out in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, not a, an honorable situation, not buried in the ground, and therefore it's, it's, uh, that's why you have to, to, you have to bury the person. So he says, uh, Sarah was a great righteous woman. See, she didn't. She was, she was. We call a big tzaddikas. She was a very, very holy person. She, her, her physical matter was already turned holy because she was so holy. There's a few people that have existed were so holy that they could turn their whole, even their physical existence. We wouldn't even look at it as physical anymore. So for her, her, the physical properties, that piece of earth which was in her, which needed to be returned. That didn't need to be returned anymore because she already she already uh, converted that to, to holiness. 
but still, it would be a a, a bizarre, it would be embarrassment that, that the soul would be would be hurt by the fact that the the body is not buried. But for that, you can accomplish it with a box, as long as the person is not just sitting in the street, just there for the vultures to eat. So it's not a bazayin. But but whether you have to bury them in the ground because of the stolen earth concept, but you didn't have that with it. That's what he said. So we have then. So let's go back to our to our to our story of our our rules over here. We said that uh, we have one parsha says that you have to bury the person because it's a bazayin for Hashem that a person should not be buried. Hashem, uh, why? Rashi says because it's a, an embarrassment for the king. Someone who, because a person is made, it's a tzela means a form. A person is made with alikim, which simply means a, a person is in the shape of God. But in our in, in Orthodox Jewish Torah belief. God has no shape and no form, so it doesn't really mean a physical form, but it, but it's it's not, it's 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 a it's a, a person's existence when you look at him it reminds you of Hashem. Why? Because of what a person can accomplish in in his life. He's able to um, a person is a composite of ruchnius and gashmius of physical and spiritual. We believe there's a soul in a person. So we're saying uh, we're saying over here. Let's. I'm, I'm being clear. We said, let's go back a second. We asked, why is this rule taught to us over here by uh, a person who is killed? Because we could, when a person is killed, um, even a person who is killed, when his soul leaves him, let me be clear. There's two reasons why when the soul leaves a person, they could be upset. Right? We, said there's, we said there's two reasons why you bury a person. One of them is because the soul is upset, sees the body multiple design. There's two reasons. One could be, because the soul looks at the, 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 the body which it just left and says, wow, we accomplished so much while we were here, even though, even though we're no longer connected, the body was the vehicle through which the soul was able to accomplish so much on this earth. So it bothers the soul that the body is, is, is left in an in, in a, in a unflattering state. But there's another reason also, potentially even, which is the soul could leave the body, a body of a murderer or someone who committed a capital offense, who probably didn't accomplish that much good during the lifetime, possibly. And the soul could say, look, look what we could have accomplished. He's leaving the body and he's saying, oh, that's a body that could have accomplished so much with it, and it pains it to see it, uh, you know, even, he can't even look at it anymore in this, he wants it just to be put, put away, right? But let's focus, let's focus on, on, on the positive and say that even, a, you could even say a person who got killed also did many great things in their lifetime and they just weren't perfect and they did things wrong. So when the soul leaves, it says that's the vehicle through which we accomplished great things. Okay? So that we over here, this, the the You should not leave the nevela hanging on the tree, rather you should bury it because this, and rather so you shouldn't leave it hanging and you should bury it. You shouldn't leave it hanging because you could say it's because like the first reason we said, shouldn't leave it because that's a bazayan, and you should bury it because you have to return the the uh, body to the ground. But now, uh, what's the connection to um, what's the connection to Hashem Saveda? Because money and owning things is the same type of concept. If I own my animal, there's nothing physical about my connection to the animal. It's an intellectual concept. My animal, your animal, are the same animals, but it's connected to me because I own it. So I made a, I made a Kenyan, or or I, I I made a transaction to make it mine, right? Now, we also say that when you have when you have physical 
items. You have them for a reason. So from a spiritual sense, you're supposed to try to accomplish something with them. And you're supposed to raise them up in a certain sense of holiness. Similar, similarly to the fact that we said that when the, look, when the neshama looks down at the body after it leaves, says even though the neshama and the body are so one, one spiritual and one physical, but the neshama says that physical body was the vehicle through which I was able to accomplish things in this world. And that's a spiritual concept and a physical concept coming together. And that's the same thing. Why do I have to return somebody's lost item to him is because even though it's a physical item, but intellectually and spiritually it's connected to him in the same way that a body is connected. The reason why we can't let the body hang and, and, and be in a bazaar because it bothers the soul because it's connected to the soul. Same thing are your possessions connected to you as well. And not only it's your possessions are different than my possessions. And you have, you have a role to accomplish with your possessions that I don't have to accomplish, that you have to accomplish. So your physical possessions are connected to you in the same way that your soul is connected to your body. Just like your soul looks at your body and uses it to accomplish things, you look at your possessions also as something to accomplish. That's what I think is the connection between the two parishes. I hope it was not too confusing. But the point is that, you know, we're coming up to Rosh Hashanah and all of the we have to realize that all the physical things that we have and all the other physical things that we have, all the capabilities that we have, we can do great things with them. And you got to hope that we will recognize that and, and we're not going to be morbid. And you, can li- and you can live your life in an exciting and happy way. <laughs> you know, Ciao.